I just, can I coach you today? Can I coach you how to have a better life? Is that fair? I just want to say to uh, those that are faithfully watching on uh, Facebook Live, like Cynthia, uh, we sure do appreciate you joining us right now. Also, Max, we're, we're praying for that prayer request, and we appreciate you joining us from Alliance. Christopher, uh, we see you on there with us also. Carrie, you better be watching. Amen? Amen. So turn with me to Mark chapter 9. I am a first-time guest every Sunday. Water tastes so much better from a mason jar or a fake mason jar. We're going to have some fun today. It's going to be serious today, but I just want you to journey with me through this scripture. Let's look at verse 1 through 10. Y'all there? feel so far away from y'all. Everybody needs to move up. And he said to them, I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Somebody say power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with them and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. Somebody say alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. There appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Oh, crazy Peter, here he comes. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. I love the parentheses. He didn't know what he was saying. He just went crazy. Why? He was scared. But look at God's grace. Then a cloud peered and enveloped them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. Father... This is a profound text, so don't let me mess it up by making it too complicated. But I pray somebody transforms today. I pray somebody makes a decision today. I pray that somebody goes deeper today. Because even if we think we're going deeper, there's even another depth that we can go. So I just pray that you do what you want to do, how you do it in a service like this. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Before I dive into the subject of deeper, let me just give you a definition of what I'm talking about, because a lot of people have different definitions of deeper. But if you'll look on the screen, when I think about going deeper, and when I preach about going deeper, going deeper is about being spiritually mature, bottom line. Being spiritually mature is in circumstances, situations with my family, with my kids, with my coworkers, with people in line at Walmart. I react and I respond like Jesus. Going deeper is about being filled with the Holy Spirit instead of being filled with carnality and flesh. For me, going deeper is about living a life that consistently does not grieve the Spirit of God. And in a Pentecostal Assembly of God, charismatic church like we are, a lot of people think going deeper is just uh, the aerobics of worship and, and whether or not somebody speaks in tongues or, or prophesies or, or gets up and, and, and says a word. 
And sometimes in the interest of going deeper in a charismatic church, people can do silly things. And, and usually they don't know what they're doing. And, and sometimes, they, it just keep that there the whole entire time. Sometimes when they do silly things after services, I ask or get asked, what do you think about that, Pastor? Sometimes I get asked, I was just asked this today, about if this is going deeper, then why do some people raise their hands, speak in tongues, but go home and beat their wife? They do silly things. Why do they do these silly things, Pastor? I often get asked, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about leading a church of going deeper, but then there's so many carnal Christians? How do you deal with a a church that's going after revival and sometimes you can attract spiritual fruit loops? How do you, what do you think about those things? And, and, And really at the end of the day as a pastor, I believe it comes down whether we're going deeper or whether we want to flow in the things of God, it's about knowing His voice. It's about knowing His voice and distinguishing His voice from my voice. Because sometimes people think they're being led by God when in reality they're not being led by God. Sometimes people react and respond thinking they're being led of the Spirit when they're not being led of the Spirit. Bottom line, you've got to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've got to know the voice of God. Sometimes you learn His voice through mistakes. Sometimes you learn His voice through uh, stepping out and and doing something wrong. And he, He teaches you. But what I have found in my walk with the Lord, especially when situations, circumstances, and trials hit and I have to respond in in, in a deep place, I, I, I just find to wait on the Lord's the best. To wait on the Lord rather than to move in haste. To wait on the Lord instead of a a knee-jerk reaction. Because when I read what we just read in Mark, when it hits my spirit, I'm reading a moment where Jesus is actually teaching men that have not matured in their faith and have not yet mastered their faith. And all of us in this room, hopefully I'm teaching you and hopefully I'm doing my job well, that all of us need to become life students. Are you hearing me this morning? Every follower of Christ in this room, if you're worth your weight in salt, you need to be forever a student. Because we cannot go any further than we can learn. Let me say that again. We cannot go any further than we can learn. Now, as we learn, yes, we grow progressively. It's called progressive sanctification. As we walk, as we learn the Word, as we go deeper in the Word, we're trying to exhibit these things in our life. There is progressive sanctification, which basically means that we grow progressively and we grow continuously. But here's the deal. You'll never master it. You'll never get your doctorate in the Christian walk. So we must, on a continuous basis, follow Jesus Christ deeper and deeper and deeper. And in our text this morning, this is a training moment. Because they had a desire to go deeper. The desire is birthed in the question. What about the kingdom of God? Give us more about the kingdom of God. And Jesus says to them, you will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God and has come with its power. And what we're seeing in this is from that desire of wanting to go deeper, Jesus sets the three apart. Somebody say apart. He sets them apart and he leads them up the mountain. He leads them up the mountain to experience and to see and to feel the power of God. Let me tell you something. You're either going to go deeper with the three, or you're going to just simply remain with the twelve. I have determined as pastoring for twenty-something years that these are the two people in the church. Either I'm going to go deeper with the three, or I'm going to go remaining with the twelve. 
And what we're seeing is Jesus is taking three up the mountain because of a desire, because of wanting to learn and wanting to know more about the secrets of the kingdom of God. But he led them up there alone. Somebody say alone. He didn't bring these jokers. There was something about these guys. So he sets these three apart and he takes them up a mountain. Now what I want to deal with first is the fact that when you really want his power, when you really want this right here, when you make a decision in your life, I want to go deeper with Jesus, you will forever be pulled apart. And those of you that have gone deeper, you understand what I'm saying. Because try all you want to to fit in with the twelve, it seems like every day the Holy Spirit keeps wooing you over here to the three. Because see, the twelve represents those in the church that I'm comfortable, I'm good, I got my church attendance, got my little devotion that comes in through my email once a day. It only takes me about five minutes to read it. I got my dose of the Holy Ghost. I'm good. Don't really want to change anything in our character, in our personality. We are good. But others in an environment like here at Northfield, as the Holy Spirit is moving and He's pricking your heart through the worship and He's touching your life through the preaching, there are others that want to go deeper. But we all have to live with the fact that here I am, There is a part of me that wants to fit in with the twelve. And there's a part of me that is being pulled apart alone with the three. And no matter who you are in this room, you'll always wonder when you follow the pull of the three, why aren't I fitting in with the twelve? Because to be pulled apart is to bring yourself to a place of isolation. And God pulls some in the church apart to go deeper, not because of elitism, not because of superiority, not because of arrogance, or we can look down our long sanctified nose at all the carnal babes in Christ, but it's simply because when we desire more of God, no longer can I be common in my associations. No longer do I look like them. And it's isolation. And what you've got to realize, church, is the miracle, though we think it's on the mountain, because Jesus transfigures. What I'm finding today, in this generation today, really the miracle takes place in the valley. Because what is the miracle? The miracle is there were three that wanted more, and he pulled them apart and said, come with me. And I'm telling you, in our generation today, that's still a miracle today. Because half of the church wants to stay here while just a little bit of the church wants to go here. Talk about Christians all over America. We would rather stay here than go there. So still the miracles in the valley when we have the desire, we want to go deeper and God begins to pull us apart. Because understand, I have seen it time and time again. And I'm not coming after these people. I'm just saying is that the twelve... That some people are not willing to leave the twelve because they prefer the association with the familiar than the sacredness of following that which is divine. What are you trying to say, pastor? They will choose sin over holiness. They will choose friendship Over faith. They will choose compromise in their walk. Over commitment to their walk. Are you hearing me? So I do not want you to think. That faith is proven. When we're up on the mountaintop. And we're having those mountaintop experiences. Faith is really proven in the valley. When you desire more of him. You want to do these things. He pulls you. He calls you apart. And you start following him to go deeper. It is the faith in the valley that says, I must chase after him. 
And when God sees in your heart that you must chase after him, then he pulls you apart and makes you eligible for the mountaintop experience. But if you're not willing to leave the 12, you can never see the one. Are you hearing me this morning? Is this too deep for you? Have I I lost you? Are we really in that much of a Husker depression today? Okay, stay with me, stay with me, all right? Look, to follow Jesus, to be led of the Spirit, to go to a deeper place, I'm telling you, it is a call to be different. It is a call of isolation. Look, why do I know it's a call to isolation? I've been around some people that are cut from the cloth that Carrie and I are, and we don't let our kids watch certain shows. But all of our Christian friends, they're letting their kids watch certain shows. And I'm not going to get into the certain shows because then you'd think I'd be talking about you. But it's like we are in a different class all by ourselves that we actually protect the eyes and the ears of our kids. We're in a class all by ourselves because we abstain from drinking while we've got a whole bunch of sipping saints. It's like I don't want to do it because of what it does to people. The alcoholism, it kills the liver, it it just destroys people, it ruins the witness. So I isolate myself while everybody else is drinking. And then they look down at you thinking, well, you're just not free. No, I'm free, baby. I'm free from it. So there is an isolation when you start. It's not about legalism. It's about holiness and walking like God. And I'm finding in the Christian church is there's an isolated few that actually want to live that way. Because the 12 is so much easier. Are you hearing me this morning? I don't want to overlook that today. I don't want to overlook the feeling of of, of being discontented from my friends. For the most part... Discontented from my own family. There are things my family does and they're Christians that me and Carrie, if y'all are watching, yeah, I'm talking about y'all. Here's the, we, we look at some of the things they do and we're like, what? What? And we're isolated. But I want to be isolated. Because in my isolation, I connect to him more than ever before. And you're going to see that today. See, Jesus sets the three from the twelve, calls them up the mountain alone. And if you're really going to live a godly lifestyle, if you have decided, I am going to lead my family in the things of God, I'm going to be a godly man to my kids and to my wife, and we're going to lead a godly lifestyle, you will feel like you're all alone in your business. But nevertheless... You follow him because he is setting you apart. And it does feel like you're all alone. You'd be surprised at the opportunity that people have each and every Sunday in this church to go deeper. But they acquiesce to that which is familiar. And many gravitate to the familiar. Though they have the opportunity on a daily basis... To wake up and be spirit-filled. To say, God, fill me in this area that is not like you. He gives you that opportunity every day. And that is the soul-wrestling stuff of the Christian journey. Is am I this or am I that? And everything else in between we wrestle with. And I'm finding in the Church of America, this is where we are in the Church of America. People sit in the churches every day and every Monday they wake up, they're stretched between two lovers. This lover or that lover. That which is before me or that which should be by this point behind me. And I would say to Northfield Church that Jesus is calling us apart. My ministry is about Preaching and separating us apart from the twelve. Not again for elitism. Not for superiority. But to follow Jesus and let him shine. Amen? And the truth of the matter is if we're honest, everybody wakes up every morning 
and you wrestle with the two. Do I give in to my old cravings and my flesh and stay with the twelve? Or do I open up my Bible? Do I pray? Do I respond? Do I act in a deeper calling of God? And these two forces will pull at you every day. The deeper call, the older craving. The pull between the experiences. That which is before me, that which should be behind me. Daily, it's soul wrestling stuff. And if I stopped right here and said, come on, Melissa, let's play, and opened up the altar, every single one of you should be down here on your knees because every single one of us faced the same battle. We face it every day. None of us is exempt from it. None of you have mastered your faith that you can say, nope, I don't need that. All of you face the pull to be connected over here And sometimes daily the pull to connect over here. And then I get tired of my ways here and I feel the pull to go over here. Every day torn between two lovers. And every one of us has this stress on the inside. And let me tell you why the deeper call is so hard to follow. You want to know why? You want to know why you struggle? You want to know why you set out, oh baby, I'm going after Jesus, pastor preached a good one. And then Monday you're like, where's my Bible? You want to know why? Because the deeper call is something you cannot see and the deeper call is something you cannot comprehend and it'll never be quantifiable. You'll never be able to measure it until you go through a storm and you need to rely on it. So baby, I'm going to follow the deeper call to where when I hit the storm of life, I've got what it takes to make it through. Because all of us in our day and age, we want something that's quantifiable. I was talking about losing weight. And when the scale kept saying 190, 190, I was going to give up because it's quantifiable. I can see it go down from 190 to 189 to 188. I started celebrating and I hit 187. I'm like, I'm going to keep on going. But see, the spirit's not quantifiable. Are you hearing me? And all of us will be torn every day. Do I keep going? Or do I go back to my old ways? I know you're not exempt because the people that wrote the Bible were torn between two lovers. Paul gives that famous discourse that says, I find this law at work within me. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. I have the desire, I have the hunger to do what is right, to do what is good, to pursue God. We're all being pulled. Carnal desires pulling us this way. Spiritual calling pulling us this way. What do we do? And see, the Bible says Jesus led them. Jesus led them up a high mountain. Somebody say hi. This mountain, if you can see it here, is actually Mount Hermon. Many theologians think the Mount of Transfiguration is Mount Hermon. This mountain is is, uh, uh, 9,000 feet above sea level. Now, I know we're high, so that doesn't seem like anything, but when you're low, that's really high, amen? It is the highest mountain that surrounds the Sea of Galilee. 9,000 feet above sea level, you can see in Israel, it is snow-covered. And it usually pretty much stays snow-capped in summer. Now, if, if, if you want to go this way, you better prepare. Because listen to me, those that follow Jesus up this two-mile mountain would have experienced every weather condition possible to man. Sunny at the bottom, cold and snowy at the top. Jesus, we really don't know how to pack for the journey. And let me tell you something. To follow Jesus into a deeper call, you will feel every weather scenario hits you. But if you like sameness of weather, if you like the predictable climate, you can stay right down here. Stay right down there with the 12. Because when you start following Jesus, you're never going to know how to pack because you never know what you're going to face 
on that spiritual journey. But Jesus still led them deeper and deeper into that mountain. He did not beam them up to the top, which he could have. He could have just went, we're here, boys. But he takes them step by step by step, deeper and deeper to that mountain. And church, our mountain journey is the thing that you experience every day called life. And along your way, life is going to throw different kinds of weather at you. And you can never react from a deeper walk if you haven't been with Him, allowing Him to lead you step by step. If you're not allowing Him to lead you step by step by step, you're going to react and respond like the twelve. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you with me? All right. Because every step that we take of this life, it's going to throw some junk at you. And you have the choice. Especially for these uh, Christians today that, you know, every little thing that hits, I'm just going to give up on Jesus. I ain't reading my Bible no more. This ain't working. So what they do is every time something hits, they go back down with the twelve. But we've got to get to a place where when something hits, I have the opportunity when that circumstance, situation, and trial hits my life, I have the opportunity to respond and react and be led of the Holy Spirit out of my deeper walk with God. Are you with me? So the question is, is pastor, life is throwing me some junk. And when life throws me a curveball and I want to respond like the 12, how do I Operate like the three. It's easy. You keep staying faithful to Him. Step by step by step. And if you keep acting like this, when you should be acting like the three that are following Jesus deeper, the question is, could it be that God on Sunday mornings is calling you deeper but you're just not willing to go. Because there were some that stayed back. There were only three that went with him. Because listen to me, 9,000 feet in the air, for some of us, you'd be like, I'm out. Hey, me and Holly and Cece, we climbed that stinking bluff, and I'll tell you what, we've never done it again. Next time you ask me to walk up the bluff, I'm out. (laughs) That's the same with our spiritual walk. You expect me to go 9,000 feet in the air, following you step by step, coming up against every weather situation? I'm out. But he still calls us deeper. Are you hearing me? And from the valley, you can see the mountaintop. From down here, I can see the top of the bluff. I certainly can. And my preaching on Sunday is showing you how to live elevated living. My preaching is saying you can operate from up here. But what I'm finding is I believe some people can see things. Oh, good preaching, Pastor. That sure was a good one this week. But they don't go after what they see and hear. It's one thing to see it from the valley. It's another thing to climb that mountain, baby. Are you hearing me this morning? Am I helping you? Okay. So we've got to understand the contradiction that occurs in this room every single Sunday. We are presented with the opportunity to have elevated living, but we choose to walk out and live with valley mentality. And we've got too many saints that have valley mentality. And the struggle is the call to go deeper. The struggle is to think on this level. The struggle is to think on this level and then walk out what is being imparted into me. Let me break that down to where it'll be easier. 
just because I have a doctorate degree and I've got an office upstairs, it does not make me a preacher. It does not even make me a good shepherd. I must have the right mentality of what a shepherd does. But though I have the right mentality, I also have to have a desire and a hunger and a calling to shepherd all of you nuts. (laughs) Okay? Are you hearing me? Because Lord knows if I didn't have the calling and the desire, I'm out. But because he's put a deep hunger and a desire and a calling, and I know my position as a shepherd and I have the mentality and the training, it makes it so much easier to get up and to do it. Let me break it down to your level. We can have all of the paraphernalia. We can bring our Bibles. We can have the church talk. And we can check off our church attendance. But to function on this level... You not only have to have the mentality, but you have to have the craving and the desire to live out on this level. Are you with me? Okay. I hear the call to go deeper, Pastor. You're showing me elevated living. You're showing me how to operate as a man and operate as a husband and operate as a family and operate as a Christian. I see it, but it's another thing to go there. It's another thing to go there. But Jesus led them step by step, 9,000 feet into the air. They climbed up two mountains of weather conditions, deeper and deeper, step by step. And understand, when you make the decision to split off from the 12 and go deeper with the 3, you will encounter the worst climate imaginable. Some of you in this room, you have decided to go deeper with Jesus. And as soon as you make the decision to go deeper with Jesus, the more and more you feel every kind of weather condition that life can throw at you. What are you talking about, Pastor? Circumstances, situations, and trials come out of nowhere and start hitting you to discourage you from going deeper. And you've got to understand life itself is a journey up that mountain. And I'm promising you, before you finish it, you will feel every kind of weather. However, during those climate changes, do not go back down with the 12. Again, how do I remain faithful? How do I walk in the Spirit on a daily basis? How do I respond and react like Jesus through that hellacious weather change? Again, it's knowing... What's at the top? Mount Hermon. Where have I heard that before? I heard that in Psalms. I heard that in Psalms where the Bible says that it is from Mount Hermon. That unity, the anointing flows. That as the dew descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing. So when I'm down here, I've got to see there's a blessing that I'm going to receive when I follow the call of God deeper and deeper with Him. Step by step with Him. Because what I realize at the top of the mountain, the Mount Hermon is the source through which streams are fed and lakes are filled. We understand that about Nebraska, that they better get snow that way for when it melts, all the water comes this way. It's the same thing with Mount Hermon. So the mountaintop represents strength. It represents anointing. It represents where things come from. I need to become a place where things are coming from. Are you hearing me? So as you take another step, and as you go deeper, you always set before you Just like Jesus did as as he went to the cross, the joy that was set before him. The the benefit set before me of going deeper is the blessing. 
as Jesus leads me and I take another step and I take another step, as I go deeper and deeper with him, I'm flaming that desire through Bible study, church attendance in Northfield University. As I go deeper, I begin to follow the leading of the Spirit. As I go deeper, I keep my heart faithful through those climate changes. As I go deeper, it's there. The reason I go deeper is because there is where God commands the blessing. And in your life, I promise you, you're going to find that what you end with is not what you started with. But it's okay. You're going to find who you started being married to and in love with sometimes ain't necessarily the person that you end up with and married to. But that's okay. That's okay. Because as long as you remain faithful and steadfast to the dirty climate changes that coming, God will always command a blessing in your life as you keep committed to going deeper to Him. Are you hearing me? So here they are. They finally arrived to the top of Mount Hermon. Jesus pulled them apart. He pulled them alone. He led them step by step by step. He pulls three out of the twelve. And they finally get to experience His power and His glory. What they get to see as they go deeper. They got to see who Jesus really was. And that's the experience that God wants for all of you. That's the experience that I want for the ministry at Northfield. For you to see Him for who He really is. Because see, understand church, the three, they walked with Him. They ate with Him. They talked with Him. But they really didn't know who He was. Some of you have invited me over to dinner. I've ate with you. I've walked with you. But you don't really know who I am. You've just been around me. They knew of him, but they didn't know him like they got to see him. Because listen to me, who he really is is never revealed here. Who he really is is always revealed in the deeper place. You will never truly know him in the valley. But as you go through the climate changes, as you keep reacting and responding from that deeper place, when, when, when life hits you so hard that you feel like going back down with the twelve, but you keep going with the three, you feel like giving up. It's at the top, baby, as you go deeper and deeper that He reveals His glory, He reveals His wonderful grace, His phenomenal essence, His divinity, and it's discovered always in the deeper place. It's never discovered down there. And then you wonder why you're dry and you're thirsty. You wonder why you feel spiritually stagnant. Glory is revealed in the struggle. Glory is always revealed by operating this way after the storm. Glory is always revealed acting this way after the test, after the brokenness of the circumstance, after the shattering of your heart when somebody you love did you wrong. That is where God reveals himself. It is revealed after the climate changes of your soul and you cry out to God, God, am I ever going to make it up this mountain? Because watch this. Romans 14, 17 says this. It says, for, for the kingdom of God is a matter of, of eating and drinking. But the kingdom of God is of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What in the world does that mean? The matter of eating and drinking is carnal. But righteousness Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is spiritual. 
So you have to understand, the power of God is not in my circumstance. The circumstance is carnal. My tenacity through it is spiritual. The power of God is not in my struggle, which is carnal. The power of God and spiritual is in my endurance from it. I've stayed steadfast to Him. And the crazy thing is, is as you go up, the air gets thin. It gets colder. And many of the twelve are like, why is it even worth it going through all that you're going through to go deeper with Jesus? Why don't you just stay here with me where it's easy cheesy? But here's the deal. They kept going and they kept going because they had a hunger and they had a desire. And I'm telling you, when I follow Jesus and the air is thin and the climate is cold, I'd rather have Jesus when the air is thin and the climate is cold than have good air, full air without Him. And I'm going to have to admit to you, I'm just going to be raw, I'm going to be real. I'm just not after Him alone. I'm after Him from selfish reasons. I chase Him. But I chase Him because He has the secret to living in the constant state of the presence of God. I want that. Worse than a hog won't slop. Because when I look at him, he holds the key. The key is hidden in his person. And I must chase him to find out how can I be like him. He holds the key to the mystery. And I have no chance of unlocking the door in and of myself. I got to have him. I got to be like him. So every day I wake up, he takes that key. And he flaunts it before my face. And he sticks it in his garment. And he starts walking up the hill, and he looks back at me and said, If you want the key, you got to chase me. And I keep chasing him. And I keep chasing him. And I keep chasing him. And he keeps pulling me deeper and deeper and deeper. So there are days that I have to go outside of my comfort zone to catch him. There are days that I have to overcome my selfishness. To chase him. I've got to fight off the inner tendencies and my feelings and my desires to be like him. And every step I take, I find he takes me deeper and deeper. And I want you to go on the journey with me. And many times, if I were honest, I wanted to go back down just like all of you. Throw in the towel. Give up. But I have to remind myself, he's got the key. He's got the key to life. He's got the key to who I am. He's got the key to why I am. So I've got to chase him. And I've got to go deeper. If I'm going to understand truly who he is. And the three were pulled apart from the twelve. And they not only saw him, but in the process of enduring the climate changes, they beheld the wonder of his glory. Enduring the storms with his strength, I'm sure in my mind's eye, and I always read scripture like a movie, he was saying, come on boys, you can do it. Come on and follow me. Just endure that cold weather. We're going to make it up to the top. And when you get to the top, I got something to show you that's going to blow your ever-loving mind. And he begins to transfigure before him because there on the mountain they saw him. They saw the same Jesus that they saw in the valley, but they saw him differently. And I'm telling you, as you mature in Christ, and as you feel the call and the pull, and you go to that deeper place, Jesus is going to change before you day to day. Because he transfigures himself. 
What are you talking about, Pastor? Anytime you go deeper, you will always see him differently. Same Jesus you had in the valley. It's just a different way. What are you talking about? As I go deeper, I realize he doesn't care about the things that I thought he cared about. Are you hearing me? As I go deeper, I realize he's really not into religion like I thought he was into religion. As I go deeper, I realize his thoughts were really not my thoughts. His ways were really not my ways. The Jesus I knew in the valley when I was a babe in Christ and immature is not the Jesus I know now that I've matured and I've gone deeper. Are you hearing me? Therefore, watch this. The Bible says, look at your Bible, it says, verse 2 and 3. It says, there he was, transfigured before them. Watch this. His, somebody say clothes. Mm. His clothes became dazzling white. Whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Have y'all ever seen that? The brother's clothes changed. That ain't amazing to y'all? It is simply absolutely amazing to me. And I got to thinking, understand when you do this. When you go deeper and deeper. If you do this, there's got to be life changes. Because changes start lining up to look like him. As you go deeper and deeper with him. As you start seeing things differently because he transfigures before you. When you reach the mountaintop and you see him in his power. The juvenile eyes that you once had now change to more mature eyes. Now as I do this, I'm putting childish ways that the Bible says behind me. Then all of a sudden, what I'm beginning to notice, church, is because I'm becoming more like Him and because I'm reacting and responding to my wife and my kids like Jesus, because I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit, because now I'm walking my life and not grieving the Holy Spirit, things that are connected to me begin to change too. Just like his clothes was connected to him and because of the essence of who he was, it changed. When you become the essence of Jesus, I'm telling you, things are going to begin to change around you. But you've got to go deeper. Going deeper is about these things there. That's all going deeper is. It ain't about coming to a service and spinning around three times and spitting and throwing salt behind your back and going, yabba dabba do, I got it too. And you're out of here. It ain't about, well, I read the Bible 27 hours a day, Pastor. I'm as deep as they can get. No. You can read the Bible 27 hours a day, but when you cuss out your kids, you ain't acting like Jesus. When you're on the mountaintop and you experience the blessings and things in your life begin to change and your kids and your wife and your family begin to change, you can now look back at the valley and realize that experience was not important compared to the glory that I now have and the anointing that I now have operating from my mountaintop experience. Here lies the big problem. There are people... That will go deeper. There are people that will have mountaintop experiences. But they still have valley mentality. Follow with me. Don't miss this. So here they are. Up on the mountaintop. Jesus has transfigured before them. Suddenly Moses, Elijah and Jesus are having a conversation. Understand in this passage, Moses was all that God was. Elijah is all that Jesus will be. And Jesus is Jesus. So standing there before them was eternity past, eternity future, and eternity now, Jesus Christ. And what you need to see is they're having a conversation. Higher 
than this experience. They're having a celestial conversation. And here comes Peter, James, and John. They have to realize that they weren't even supposed to be on that level. Therefore, just their experience was a privilege in the moment. But valley mentality in Peter, he opens his stinking big mouth. Can I just pause here and say, I really worry about this generation that's growing up. Maybe I'm just old school and and I'm I'm just going to die old school. But when my parents were having a conversation, I kept my mouth shut. We're raising a generation today where kids just, Mommy, Mommy, and you're having an adult conversation, Mommy, um, this, and they think they can just operate on this level when they're down on that level, raising, uh, being raised in my home. If I ever interrupted an adult conversation, my dad had a powerful backhand that he would pop you in the mouth and say, Shut up. Now, I don't pop key in the mouth. We try to change him to grab the arm. So let, let us know they're there, and we acknowledge their presence, and we keep on talking. Now, sometimes we break the rule because they're so adorable and cute. But what I'm trying to say is Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, they were having grown folk talk. This was grown folk business. Peter, James, and John had no business in grown folk talk. It was celestial talk. Are you hearing me? Peter, James, and John would have never been there itself for the relationship with Jesus. But this is what I want you to get as the musicians come. I want you to see this. Look in your Bible. I want you to see what Peter said. And let me explain it. Let me tie it all in. And we'll get you out of here. Because half of you are asleep anyway. I promise you the next series, rise up, we're going to have a rip-roaring time, okay? Because I find that that's the only thing that keeps you all awake. I work hard for my money. I work hard for you, honey. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) But Lord, I can sing, can't I? (laughs) Y'all all all check out on me anyway when the team comes up, so I figured we'd just take a little laugh break. Here's what I want you to see. This is important. In a place that they should have just been in awe of, Peter opens his big mouth. Peter was out of his element, and and technically Peter was out of order. Because the very comment in a powerful atmosphere like that proved that Peter was out of place because he was trying to make a contribution from a level that he had not even earned the right to speak in. Why did Peter get his mouth into this conversation? Why did Peter react and respond? Why was Peter not spiritually mature in this moment? It's because he couldn't distinguish the voices. And like I said in the beginning, sometimes spiritual maturity, sometimes going deeper is just hearing the voice. And see, Peter jumps into a heavenly moment with earthly mentality. He says, hey, let's put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Seriously, that's just the way I see Scripture. So he brought valley mentality into a mountaintop experience. So the question for you, has you, have you ever matured and things are falling off, being filled with the Spirit? This is falling off of you. I'm kind of like Jesus. And then all of a sudden something happens in carnal thinking, in carnal reactions, in fleshly ways creep up. Anybody? Okay. When Jesus takes you to a deeper and higher level that guy that you used to be in the valley 
is going to really look like a fool on the mountaintop. What works in the valley with the 12 don't work no more up here on the mountaintop. Are you hearing me? And that's why I said God in His mercy and God in His grace. The Bible says, then a cloud appeared and, and covered them. And a voice from the cloud says, this is my son. Watch this. Whom I love. Listen to him. Basically, I envision it. Now, you could say God just covered up the three, but I think he covered them all up. I think it was God coming down, covering Peter's valley mentality, and saying, Peter, shh, don't talk. I'm not talking through you. I'm talking through him. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. This is only the second time that we hear the voice of the Father from heaven. Rolled back the clouds just to stop in the mountaintop to say, you don't need to add anything to my presence. Because in my presence is where you learn to hear my son. Going deeper is about not talking until after you've heard him speak. And then, now I respond. Oh, that's some good marriage teaching when y'all run into a problem before you start fighting over text, okay? What you do is you get in your prayer closet and go, what would you want me to say? How do you want me to respond? Thank you, Jesus. And then you respond because you've heard from Him. Going deeper is about something happening and you only react until you've heard Him. Going deeper is until you're in His presence and you begin to operate from the depth of who He is and not the carnal place of who you are. This may not be a shouting message today, but I'm saying a lot of shouting material. And the reason you're not shouting is because it hurts. Church, we are entering a realm where God is humbling us. He's saying, if you want my glory, if you want my power, if you want revival, you got to come and be like me. In the deep place, you need to be still and know that I am still God. In this realm, on the mountaintop experience, do not interject your opinion. Do not tell me what you think about the situation. Do not give me your ideology and philosophy. Do not even bring the world in this place. Hold your peace. Offer your body as a living sacrifice and crucify the flesh. And in my presence, just be still. Peter didn't know what he was saying. The Bible even says it. But the truth of the matter is, valley mentality always gets in the way. And the reason that we need to go deeper, because if we were all honest, we're not in a place that when life begins to throw things at us, we really don't know how to respond and react like Jesus. But when you go deeper with God, He brings you to a place of humility. He brings you to a place called submission. A place where you recognize His thoughts are not my thoughts. His ideas are not my ideas. And your contribution in that moment is shallow compared to how He would respond and how He would react. So what I'm trying to tell you is Northfield Sunday morning is what I consider mountaintop experiences. That's how I grew up in church. I went to church. I got my mountaintop experience. Every time I sat up under my pastor's teaching, he challenged me to what I can have. He challenged me to what I could be. 
And then he sent me back into the valley on Monday. And Sunday mornings here, I challenge you of what you could have in your marriage, could have in your family, could have in your life. I present to you what you can be. And after the mountaintop experience, this is what I want you to see. Look at your Bible, verse 8. Look at this. Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. When the cloud lifts from the grace of God over your valley mentality, when He keeps pruning you, when He keeps grooming you, the only thing that people should see in you is Jesus. Because a true mature walk with God is a place where you only see Jesus and you operate your life and you begin to discover a new dimension of Him and you line up your life to Him and other people see Jesus. But it's going to take God taking you out of your comfort zone and pulling you apart into another dimension. And if you will allow Him, every Sunday morning He's pulling peel by peel, just like an onion. But you got to let him. And every peel, he'll humble you. And every peel, if you allow him to do so, he will mature you. And that is when others will see you and see only Jesus. Because my philosophy is this. When I die, and I meet him face to face, I'm going to hear these words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And the reason I think he can say that is because when he sees me, he sees Jesus in me. That's why I go deeper. You've got to figure out why you need to go deeper. Everybody stand all over this place. Some of you have walked in this place and you do not have a vibrant, functioning relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that, Pastor? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, with basically everything that you have. Some of you in this place, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a moment to join a church. This is simply a moment to join the kingdom. It's a moment to say, you know what, Pastor, I am a sinner. I see His grace and I need it. My life is in chaos and out of order. I want to come to Him to where He can bring it in order. I want to chase Him because He has the key. I don't know all that I need to know, but what I know in this moment is I need Jesus. If that's you and you need Jesus in your life and you want to give your life to Him, would you lift up your hand all over this place? That's me, Pastor. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved today. I want to know if I were to die today, I'd make it to heaven. Anybody in this room, if that's you, hand lifted high. Since we're all home folk today, if this sermon hits you between the eyes and you know you need to come deep or go deeper, would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Father, in this moment and in your presence, we do not take it for granted of, of the hearts that were pricked the spirits that were ministered to. We acknowledge the soul wrestling. We acknowledge that it's hard. After all, I've got to get up every day and I've got to go to work. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to go to this event and that event. I've got to take my kid here, take my kid there. Where, where do I have time? And I believe the Holy Spirit would say to those of you that say that it's not a matter of time, it's a matter of being. You'll never have enough time to go deeper, but you have the opportunity every day to react and respond deeper. 
You have the opportunity each and every day to ask the Lord to fill you in the area that you know that grieves Him. It's not a matter of praying more or reading the Bible more. You've already tried that. It's now a matter of being. Be in Him. Wake up in the morning and have the conscious decision that He is in me and I am in Him. And today I'm going to respond from from the fact that I am filled with the Holy Spirit and I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and I carry Him around today. So whatever I'm saying, He hears. Whatever I do, He does. Whatever I look at, He looks at. Be filled. Be the essence of who He is. Don't try harder, just be is what the Spirit would tell you today. Because trying harder is not going to make you any different, but being like Him will. So I'm not going to have a formal altar call. If you need this time and you need this space and you need this place to touch Him, you're welcome to come. We're just going to go out on a worship song. I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to let God do what He needs to do in your heart from this preaching. I encourage you to come back next week as we start a brand new four-part series called Rise Up.